For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Romans, for or against Torah. This is part two of the series. So the righteousness of God is believing his covenant promises to us. Romans chapter 4 verse 22 it is written, And therefore it was imputed to him, that is Abraham, for righteousness as we see in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. So now, righteousness is trusting, having faith in the Lord. Psalm chapter 4, verse 5, it is written, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Psalm 64, verse 10, it is written, The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Psalm chapter 31, verse 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. So Psalms say that we are to trust in the Lord's righteousness. Psalm 71, verses 1 and 2. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Verse 2. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. We praise the Lord according to his righteousness. Psalm chapter 7, verse 17. I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. We see that the Lord is our righteousness, not in our own merit and what we do, independent from the God of Israel and who he is and from his promises. We see that the Lord is our righteousness in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse is 5 and 6, as it is written. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king will reign and prosper, and will execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. And so, Jeremiah 23, verse 5 is speaking about the Messiah. I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king will reign and prosper, and will execute judgment and justice in the earth. That's speaking about the Messiah. Now, Jeremiah 23, verse 6, regarding the Messiah, it is said, in this is his name. This is the name of the Messiah. And this is what will be said of him and what he will be called. That he, the Lord, the Messiah, he is our righteousness. We can see how Yeshua is our righteousness in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 as it is written. But of him are you and Messiah Yeshua who of God that Yeshua the Messiah is made unto us wisdom. He's made unto us righteousness. He's 
made unto us sanctification. He's made unto us redemption. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it is written, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So whenever we repent of our sins and we receive Yeshua's shed blood on the tree for the forgiveness of our sins and in repenting of our sins when we make him Savior and Lord of our lives, there's a covenant exchange that is made. He gets our sins and we get his righteousness. So in salvation, there is imputed righteousness. In other words, we receive a righteousness that we in and of and by ourselves do not deserve. And so this is what Paul is explaining what the Torah and the prophets teach regarding the issue. As we can see that trusting in their own righteousness did not cause the children of Israel to inherit the promised land. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verses 4 through 6. First, we read Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4. Do not say in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out from before you, that is the enemies of the children of Israel who were in the land of Canaan. Do not say when the Lord defeats them that it's for my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. But it's because of the wickedness of these nations the Lord does drive them out from before you. Now do Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 6. Understand therefore that the Lord your God gives you not this good land to possess for your righteousness for you are a stiff-necked people. Back to Deuteronomy chapter 9 verse 5. It's not for your righteousness or for your uprightness of your heart do you go to possess the land but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord your God does drive them out from before you that he might perform the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Israel is defeating the enemies of the children of Israel for the children of Israel based upon his covenant promises that he makes with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not because of the merit of the children of Israel, but it's because of the wickedness of the nations who are in the land of Canaan. And so it was the right hand or the arm, which is a term for the Messiah, that defeated the enemies of the children of Israel in the promised land. We can see this in Psalm chapter 44 verses 2 and 3 as it is written. How you did drive out the heathen with your hand and planted them. How you did afflict the people and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm in the light of your countenance because you had favor unto them. So so the Torah says, Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 4 through 6, that we receive the blessings of the God of Israel by his covenant promises that he makes to us, and it's not based upon our own righteousness. So the Torah not only says this, but the prophets do as well. We can see this in Ezekiel chapter 33 and verses 
12 and 13, as it is written. Therefore, son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his sin, in the day of his transgression. Neither shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. In what context? Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 13. In this context, when Then I say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trusts in his own righteousness and then commits iniquity and then sins all his righteousness will not be remembered but for his sin his iniquity that he has committed he will die for it so if the righteous of the righteous trust in his own righteousness and the day that he sins then he has no righteousness our righteousness comes by faith trust and confidence in the God of Israel through covenant relationship by trusting and believing in what he has said or promised in that covenant. So, Torah, without faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel, is dead. Galatians chapter 3, in verse 10, Paul writes, For as many that are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that does not continue in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. And so then, because the Torah was given to the nation of Israel as a covenant, if you break any part of the covenant, it's as if you broken the entire covenant. And according to the terms of the covenant, that if you break any part of the covenant, then the curse comes upon you. So in our own merit, in our own ability, in our own wisdom and understanding, nobody is faithful to the covenant 100% of the time. Therefore, we all break the covenant. And that's why Paul explains in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so this is what the Torah teaches that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that we do not receive righteousness in and of and by ourselves based upon our own merit. It's through trusting in the Lord that is our deliverance, is our salvation. Psalm chapter 18 verse 2 it is written, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust my buckler in the horn of my salvation in my high tower Psalm chapter 27 verse 1 it is written the Lord is my light the Lord is my salvation we can see that the God of Israel is our salvation in Psalm chapter 38 verse 22 as it is written make haste to help me O Lord of my salvation then in Psalm chapter 95 verse 1 it is written O come let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. We can furthermore see how the God of Israel is our salvation. Isaiah chapter 12 in verse 2, it is written, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. We see that the God of Israel is the salvation of Israel in Jeremiah chapter 3 
verse 23, as it is written, Truly, in vain is salvation hoped for from the hills and from the multitude of mountains. Truly, in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. And so, in Romans chapter 4, Paul is teaching from the Torah and explaining what the Torah teaches about faith and trust and confidence in God of Israel and how our righteousness then comes through our faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel and in his covenant and in his covenant promises. Of course, in that covenant, there was a promise of the Messiah who would come and deliver his people. So putting your faith and trust and confidence in the God of Israel and his covenant and his covenant promises is synonymous with trusting in the Messiah for our salvation. So Abraham didn't earn the promises of God. In Romans chapter 4 verses 4 and 5, now to him that works is the reward. In other words, if I do it on my own merit and in my own ability. And if I do something based upon my own merit and my own ability, then I deserve something for what I've done. But if I get something for what I have done, then I do not get it by grace. I get it because I deserve it. So that's what Paul is explaining. Romans chapter 4 verse 4. Now to him that works is the reward. And if you receive something that you deserve, it's not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not, it's not based upon my own merit, my own ability, what I have done by myself, independent from the God of Israel and independent of his covenant and covenant promises, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly, that is the God of Israel, then his faith in the God of Israel is counted for righteousness. So let's summarize what we have learned doing a detailed explanation and teaching of Romans chapter 1 verse 17 that the just shall live by faith. And we have seen the following. Number one, that the righteousness of the God of Israel does not come from our own merit. Number two, the righteousness of the God of Israel comes by faith and trusting in his covenant promises. Number three, Abraham's faith in believing the promises of God was counted as righteousness, and Yeshua is our righteousness, and Yeshua is our salvation. Next, we're going to see that the Torah teaches that the nation of Israel was saved by grace through faith. In Exodus in chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, it is written, And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor. And the word favor is the Strong's number 2580 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And it's the Hebrew word chain. I will give this people grace or favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And will come to pass that when you go, you will not go empty. And so this word that the King James translates as favor is translated by the King James as grace in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8. But Noah found grace, that's the Strong's number 2580, the Hebrew word chen, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I will give this people favor, I will give this people chen, I will give this people grace in the sight of the Egyptians. So the grace of the God of this Israel was present to save, redeem, or deliver his people out of Egypt based 
upon the covenant promise that he made to Abraham in Genesis in chapter 15 and verses 13 and 14 as it is written. He said to Abraham, know of a surety that your seed will be a stranger in a land not theirs and will serve them and will afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they will serve will I judge and afterward they will come out with great substance. So this is the covenant promise that the God of Israel made to Abram. And so he's going to act upon his covenant promise as we see in Exodus in chapter 2 and then verses 23 and 24. It came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so the God of Israel is going to save, redeem, or deliver his people out of Egypt based upon his covenant promises, not based upon the people in their own merit, and they deserve to be brought out of Egypt, that his grace is going to be present upon them and with them to deliver them. But while his grace was present to deliver his people based upon the covenant promises that he made with Abraham, it also required faith, that is trusting and doing what God has said. And so what did they have to do by faith? It was to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. We see this instruction in Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, as it is written, speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, you shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts among the upper doorpost of the houses wherein they shall eat it. So we can see that the children of Israel in being brought out of Egypt were saved by grace through faith. And so being saved by grace through faith based upon the God of Israel being faithful to his covenant promises that he made which he affirmed by himself through an oath that this is what the Torah teaches. This is the Torah concept. And so notice that after the children of Israel were saved by grace through faith, in the God of Israel then being faithful to his covenant promises then they were brought to Mount Sinai and they were given instruction regarding how they were to live their lives on a daily basis to please the one who had already saved them by grace through faith and so Paul then says in Ephesians in chapter 2 in verse 8 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of your Yourselves, it is the gift of God. So that is not a unique New Testament concept. This is only Paul affirming what the Torah had already taught primarily through the life of Abraham and then how the God of Israel saved or redeemed or delivered his people out of Egypt. So now Paul writes in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 and verse 28 that salvation or the deliverance of the God of Israel comes 
is by trusting in him who he is and in his faithfulness to his covenant promises. And it's not by us putting trust and confidence in ourselves, in our own ability, and we do not receive righteousness by our own merit. So it says in Romans chapter 3 verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the Torah shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by trusting in the God of Israel without the deeds of the Torah or without doing everything that the Torah says and never violating it. Paul goes on to explain in Romans chapter 4 verse 16 that Abraham is our example. He's the father of our faith regarding God's covenant promises that he makes unto the righteous. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promises might be sure to all the seed. So what makes God's promises sure to all the seed? It's based upon putting your faith, trust, and confidence in him. Now, if it was based upon our own individual merit that we receive righteousness, then some may have merit and some may not have merit. And so therefore it would be based upon us and therefore some would receive and some would not. But the God of Israel wants all to receive. So therefore, we in our own selves and our own ability, we, when we look and examine the standards of the covenant, we break the covenant. And so therefore, the promises that the God of Israel makes to his people through the covenant comes by his grace in us putting our faith, trust, and confidence in him. So we can see then in Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 and seven, that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Quoting from Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. Then Galatians chapter 3 verse 7, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Continuing on, Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, we see that the righteousness of God by faith comes to those who believe the promises of God. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen or the nations through faith, preached before the gospel or the good news unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith, are blessed with faithful Abraham. Those who do what Abraham did, they are the children of Abraham. What did Abraham do? Abraham believed the promise that was made to him by the God of Israel, and he acted upon the God of Israel's instruction to him, even though it caused him to leave what was known and comfortable to him and pursue the unknown. And so this is why Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we, by hearing the word of God, are able to put our faith, trust, and confidence in the word of God. So now what Paul does, he takes the Torah principle by which he used Abraham as an example for all of us of how God's righteousness works. And he's going to apply those principles to how we receive Yeshua to be our 
Savior and Lord. In Romans chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, it is written, Now it was not written for his sake alone, that is Abraham's, that it was imputed unto him for righteousness. It wasn't just for Abraham, but it was for us also. Now he's going to take that which Abraham did and apply the principle to, if we follow the same principle, that's how we receive our righteousness in and through the redemptive work of Yeshua when he died on the tree and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Yeshua our Lord from the dead. In Romans chapter 10 verses 6 and 8 Paul writes, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Well that's going to conclude part 2 of the series on the subject Romans for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.